What more do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to teach about health once a month. I said, but there's nobody else teaching about health once a month. And this is what God told me. He said there are plenty of them teaching about tithing once a month. I said, whoa. Sometimes God can hit you with some stuff and it's so clear that it shakes you in your boots. He says plenty of them teaching about tithing once a month. How come you can't teach about health once a month? You are listening to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This message is 5446. That's 5446. The title of this message is The Evening is Here by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. And now for the message. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And I was standing actually out in the congregation on a Thursday night during our weekday word service, during the praise and worship. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, I've gotten away from what you told me to do. I had gotten off of the program that God has spoken to me and reiterated. And I've been on this program for years and it consists of a, over a dozen things that I need to do every day from getting in the bed by 11 o'clock at night, getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning, spending a certain amount of time in prayer, spending a certain amount of time studying in every day. This, that, it's, it's a long list of stuff. And the thing about it, every time that I am on that program, I see the benefits of it in my life. I, I just see stuff work smoother. I feel better. I think clearer. My spirit, everything is just better. But oftentimes the problem that I have is the same problem that so many of you have. As a matter of fact, it's the same problem that everyone has. It's just in different areas. Everyone who I know, everyone has weaknesses in one area or another. Even when we are strong in some areas, we're weak in others. And I have a difficulty staying on this program that God has set before me. And as I was standing there in the congregation, and, and sometimes God will slow us down in some areas to get our attention. My business had slowed down. Starting at the beginning of the year, I mean, we were doubling what we had done the prior year, even in times of an economic economic slowdown. And everyone else in the industry had had some extreme slowdowns. The first few months of the year, it was just booming so much that we could barely keep up. Well, the last two or three months, things have slowed down. Sometimes when God slows some stuff down, it's the only way he can get our attention is to slow some things down or even to grind some things to a halt. I, I preached not too long ago a couple of sermons entitled When God Shuts You Down. Sometimes God will have to shut us down so we can look up and he can get our attention. And as I was standing there, I was saying to myself, Lord, I, I've gotten off of this program. And, and I felt like Paul. You know, Paul, Paul who wrote most of the New Testament... He is the most influential of the biblical writers with the exception of Jesus. And yet Paul said in Romans seven nineteen, he said, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. This is the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament. 
And he said, the good that I would, I do not. And that which I ought not to be doing is the very thing I find myself doing. This is Paul, as sainted and holy. And when you read in the Bible, Paul said, he said, I kept the law better than anybody I know. But he says, the good that I would, I do not. And that which I ought not to be doing, that's the very thing I find myself doing. And, and so many of us, we find ourselves walking in those same words and shoes as Paul. The good that I would, I, I do not. But yet the very thing you told me not to do, that's the very thing I find myself doing. And that's, way, that's the way that I felt as I stood there in that congregation and as the praise and worship went on. And as I realized I had gotten away from what God had commanded me to do. And I began to repent and, and I said, Lord... I'm going to get back on that program tomorrow. And then I heard God speak and he spoke one word, one passage from scripture. And he simply said, in the evening and the morning were the first day. See, I was standing there in the nighttime, in the evening. And I said, Lord, I'm going to get back on this program tomorrow. And he said, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And instantly I understood what God was telling me. Let me, let me illustrate it with Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 8, the first through the 10th verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord. Let my people go that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thine ovens and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses that they may remain in the river only? And he said, tomorrow. And he said, be it according to thy word that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. Now understand this. Pharaoh had frogs. Brought by not just Moses and Aaron and the Lord Almighty God, but even the magicians of Egypt. Even they called up more frogs on top of all the frogs that were already there. There were frogs in Pharaoh's house. There were frogs in 
Pharaoh's servant's house. They said there were frogs all in the bed. There were frogs all in the oven and frogs all in the kneading troughs, which was where they, they, they needed the dough to make the bread. And that, that meant that you, can you imagine if you went home and there were frogs all in your bed? You open your refrigerator and frogs hopped out. You open the microwave and frogs hopped out. You, you went and opened the cupboard and frogs hopped out. You know, you sometimes my mother keeps some cake under a glass bowl at her house. She opened up and get a slice of cake and frogs hopped out of the cake bowl. Can, can you understand if frogs were just everywhere and then the exterminator came, you called up Orkin or you called up some of the other exterminating companies and you called them in and the man came and said, I got some special spray that can get rid of these frogs. When do you want me to spray? And you told look, come back next week. And I told God, Lord, I am going to start on this program tomorrow. And he said, and the evening and the morning were the first day. God was telling me, when you are away from my will, when you are away from what I have told you and commanded you to do, you don't have a minute to waste. You don't need to wait until tomorrow. You don't need to wait until the morning. It's evening time right now. And God said, in the evening, I began the day. It's even typical of how timing is set. In God's time versus man's time, it's almost backwards. Let me explain that. God always began the new day and end of the old day with the setting of the sun. As an average, it's about 6 p.m. if you combine winter versus summer. Sets earlier in the winter, later in the summer, but roughly 6 o'clock p.m. is roughly the average time of sunset. Man begins a new day at midnight. At 12 o'clock midnight begins a new day. If you look at the clock face, God begins the new day with it pointing in one direction. Man begins the new day with it pointing in the entirely opposite direction. There is a difference between the way God does stuff and the way man does stuff. Yet a man's way will seem right in his own eyes, but it totally violates nature. The new day begins when it's just pitch dark. God at least gives you a sign that lets you know this day has ended and another one is beginning. And the evening and the morning were the first day. He was telling me, when you have seen the light, when you have made up your mind, go ahead and begin this thing right now instead of waiting. Because oftentimes, morning may never get here for some people. Or something could happen over in the nighttime that will throw you off from the path of God. If you wait till the morning to get on the path of God, you may go somewhere that night. They can throw you off. And God was telling me, no hesitation, no procrastination. I want you to begin this thing right now. And I started from that point. To get back on the program that God had spoken to me. I went home, did my prayer. When I woke up in the morning to do my studying, I began studying a course that I had dealing with leadership. 
was a seven part program. And I began studying the first of those parts. And it began with this subject entitled Clarify the Wind. And it talked about mission and mission statement and how you never know if you're even winning unless you have set firm definitions of what it is you're even measuring. And oftentimes businesses and churches will have mission statements, but they say what happens? They said the mission statement is stuck on the walls, but it never leaves the walls and gets into the halls. And as a result, you never do what you really set out to do because you have never clarified the win. Now, this church has a mission statement for the phase that we're in. The first mission statement as I began to pastor this church and God simply told me, fill the people. Don't focus on trying to fill up the church, fill the people. And, you know, that's a hard mission statement to stick with because the world, the 12 o'clock midnight will tell you focus on stuff other folk are doing. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's something deadly wrong with it when it's when God has told you not to do that. The second phase and where we are now, the mission statement that God has spoken is heal the people. And I did not understand feel the people when he told me that when he said focus on filling the people, don't focus on filling the church. I had no idea of the humongous online ministry that would come and what God was talking about. Now I understand it. Our mission now is heal the people. And as I began to listen to that steady session in those early morning hours, I began to ask myself, how close am I to the mission that God has told me to do? How close am I to following heal the people? And when you look at the disciples commission, the first one was listed in Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse five. And it says this. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into the city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received freely give. Jesus told the disciples in the disciples commission seven things. Number one, he told them to preach. Number two, he told them what to preach. He said, as ye go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Number three, he told them to heal the sick. Number four, he told them to cleanse the lepers. Number five, he told them to raise the dead. Number six, he told them to cast out devils. And number seven, he told them, take no money with you. Now, the third, fourth and fifth commands are all varying degrees of healing. He said, heal the sick. That's a general command of healing every kind of sickness. Then he told them to cleanse the lepers. Leprosy is a sickness. I have been and visited a leper colony, but leprosy at the time of Jesus was the most dreaded disease that you could have. Because not only was it a dreaded disease, it was a disease that showed on the outside. It messed up how you looked. And when you got leprosy, you were ostracized from society. You had to walk on the other side of the street hollering unclean, unclean, unclean. So leprosy was an extreme physical disease, but it was also an extreme social 
disease. It, it was the worst thing that you could get of that day was leprosy. So first Jesus told them to heal the sick. Then he told them, heal the worst of the sicknesses. And then he said, raise the dead. And see, death is the ultimate sickness. So all three of those commands related to healing the people. And, and I asked God, I said, Lord, what more do you want me to do? I'm already conducting God heals. We have a God heals service. And, and no other church that I know of even has a healing service. We're already doing more than any other church. We're having a healing session once a month. You can go to airjesus.com. Just click on the God Heals link. You'll find out all about it. We're already having the exercise classes. We have three exercise classes every week. I've already written the book and done the seminar called Fat Defined, which was really all about health. I said, what more do you want me to do? Have you ever run into a situation where you ask God, Lord, what more do you want me to do? You know, I've already done this. I've already gone through this. What more do you want me to do? Have you all ever? I was talking to Prophet Dexter last week, and, and, and he's a prophet. And I was telling him, I said, do you know, when you really study the prophets in the Bible, every one of their lives who's detailed, every one of the prophets at one point or another got to a point where they just asked God just to kill them. What more do you want me to do, Lord? I've done all this stuff. All the folk are against me. You're getting me, sending me through all persecution. What more do you want me to do? So I actually asked God the question. We're already doing more in terms of health and in terms of healing than any other church that I know. That's the first mistake. You compare yourself to others. When God calls you to do something, he may call you to do something. You don't know anybody else who's doing that thing. When I started Mountain Wings, I, I didn't know any other ministry that was doing that thing. I didn't know I, there was nothing to pattern against even. So I didn't know anybody else that was doing that stuff. Yet now there are plenty of them who've done it. But there was no prototype. Sometimes God will call you to do something and there is no pattern. And you'll ask yourself, Lord, what, what more do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to teach about health once a month. I said, but there's nobody else teaching about health once a month. And this is what God told me. He said, there are plenty of them teaching about tithing once a month. I said, whoa. Sometimes God can hit you with some stuff and it's so clear that it shakes you in your boots. He says, plenty of them teaching about tithing once a month. How come you can't teach about health once a month? I said, well, Lord, maybe I'll do that on a, perhaps the third or the fourth Sunday of the month. And I said, really what I said. See, I was putting what God had told me to do at the end of the month. Have you all ever done that? He's told you to do it. He's told you to prioritize this stuff. So you go do it, but you're going to put it as far back as you can. He said, no, I want you to teach about it on the first Sunday of the month. And sometimes, and even I don't even understand the full understanding of it, but I do know this. The church has some sickness in it. And there is stuff coming. If you're watching the news now, you're seeing about what the World Health Organization is saying and the CDC is saying about all the illnesses coming on this country. Perhaps God is trying to get his church ready so when it comes, we won't get sick. And we may not understand it until it gets here. And then you'll say, that's why God told me to do that. So I made a commitment that I'm going to do what God has told me to do. 
And we'll understand it better by and by. But some of you even understand it now because some of you now are dealing with some heavy sickness in your body. And it's not like leprosy. People can't see it on the outside, but you're wrestling with it at night. And God wants to bring some healing. We all want a quick magical touch. But God says, I'm going to teach you because even if I touch you and heal you and you don't change what made you sick in the first place, it's just going to come right back on you. So he has to bring some knowledge into the body of Christ because the body of Christ, to be perfectly honest, right now has too much sickness in it. It has more sickness in it than the world has. And that just ain't right. So God has to bring some correction and some direction and some instruction into the house of God. I was cleaning out my refrigerator downstairs. We have two kitchens in the house. We have three refrigerators. Two of them are downstairs. I keep my stuff in the refrigerators downstairs because I eat a little bit different. After 42, I bought a lot of vegetables and stuff for 42. A lot of it I hadn't eaten. You know, you just buy a whole lot of stuff you hadn't eaten. Well, I hadn't eaten it. I, I opened my refrigerator, and I had a lot of molded stuff in there. Just a, a lot of stuff. You know, if you put vegetables in, in, in a couple of weeks, it'll mold on you. So I had to, I was pulling out stuff, it molded, and, and after the mold, it go to liquefying. You know, it liquid, get off. You know what I'm, you ladies know what I'm talking about. So I, I was pulling out all my stuff, and, and I had a big trash barrel just full of stuff. And I had put it all in the, in the trash bag, wrapping up, getting ready to take it outside. And God spoke to me and he said, that's the way my people are. He said, I put all of these gifts inside of them, all of these talents inside of them. And they've not used it and it's molded, it's sitting there rotting and it's going to go in the trash can because they've never used what I put in. Just like that refrigerator, I put gifts and good things inside of my people and it's rotting and molded and going to waste because they haven't used it. And I saw this. So God wants us to use what he has given us. And he has given us instructions, but some of us are waiting until tomorrow before we decide to use it. Some of us are waiting until we get some more stuff or just some of us are waiting on all kinds of stuff. But God has placed the stuff inside of you, has given you the command, has spoken it into your spirit. But we just don't want to use it. And I saw another principle just in the cheese. See, I don't eat cheese, but there was some cheese in the refrigerator. And I was steaming me some vegetables at the time. It was provolone cheese. And I took that cheese. I was going to put me some of that provolone over those vegetables. (laughs) I opened up the pack and it was molded. So I looked and, you know, sometimes with cheese, the first slice would be molded, but it'd be good up out of that. So I I was digging in that to see if I could find a good slice. All of it was molded. So I just had to put the whole pack of cheese in the trash. Well, there was another pack of provolone. I looked in that, opened it up. It was good. So I put that cheese in that steamer and that cheese melted all over. And that that cheese was good. But what what that got to do with this? If you put stuff near you, sooner or later, even when you know it's not good for you, if you have it around you and near you, sooner or later, you're going to partake of it. So God wants us to just do some cleaning out, some cleaning up, but he wants us to use the stuff that he has placed inside of us. So on the first Sunday of each month, 
until God tells me to stop and that's enough. I'm going to begin teaching us just on on health. Some of the stuff we already know, but but you have to have your mind constantly renewed. We get all excited about money, but health is your most valuable material asset. You lose your health, that money won't do you a bit of good. But you're all excited about money. But God gave us these bodies that is the temple of the living God that we are responsible for taking care of. And the church, ought to be honest about it, for the most part has ignored it. We are sick and out of shape in the church way more than the world. And God wants to bring us back into the order that we are supposed to be in. I knew that I was off track and I knew that I had to get back on track, back on God's program. And God told me, you need to do this thing right now. There are some of you who are listening to me at this very moment. And that same thing is in your spirit. You need to get back on track with what God has spoken for you to do. And you need to do it right now. And I'm going to just call for those who want to make that commitment to stand up and come down right now. Next week, I'm going to begin preaching on how we can stay on course with that which we have decided to do. The problem with many of us is we'll make the resolution, but we get off track and it's all gone in two weeks. When we make a change of mind, how do we stay on? I'm going to start dealing with that next week, but, but today, not tomorrow. For those of you where this is played, where you know you've been off track and you want to get back on track, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, to stand up. And to come down front, number one. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to write down what your mission and what God has told you to do today. And I want you to bring it at next service, next Sunday. So right now, for those of you who are watching me on television, I'm getting ready to close out. We thank you for joining Brothers of the Word. But you go to airjesus.com. Email us the stuff that God has told you to do. We're going to be in prayer with you. And I want you to listen to the next message as we begin. The next message will be message number 5447. And God wants you to stay on track and stay on your program. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the Word. This ends message number 5446 by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5446 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5446. The evening is here. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.